0: programs, treatments, or products. We thank you for joining us and are proud to provide excellence in broadcasting for the special needs community. And now, on to the interview. And welcome to the Dr. Russell Hyken Show. This is Dr. Russell Hyken, and I have on the line with me my guest today, uh, Elizabeth Cooper-Reese. Before we get into the show, however, I'd like to give a shout-out to our sponsors, Um, If you are a parent with a newly diagnosed child with autism, how can you help your child who's just been diagnosed? The online training course, Discovering Behavioral Intervention, is the answer. Real parents take you through applied behavioral analysis and 10 step-by-step modules. For more information, you can get on the web and check them out at udiscovering.org. That's udiscovering.org. And we are also proud to have Mary Johnson, your special education super source sponsoring the Dr. Russell Hyken Show. The Mayor Johnson sale is on. Enjoy drastic savings on hundred products hundreds of products at MayorJohnson dot com. That's MareHenjohnson dot com. Visit them today and see all the products that Mary Johnson has to offer. Well, we are excited today to have Elizabeth Reese Cooper on the air with us. Elizabeth, um, Founded Cooper Reese uh, with her husband. And today we're going to talk about how a child or loved one's mental health issues impact the family system and what parents can do to support their child or loved one when issues occur. As I said, and Elizabeth is not only a founder of Cooper Reese, but she also founded a great website and program called uh, Mother Bear Families for Mental Health, and you can find that at motherbearcan.org. And Elizabeth's philosophy, or she found her mother bear when she was, uh, had a family member that was faced with a mental health challenge, and after struggling for lots and lots of years to find compassionate and effective support for her daughter, she created a community um, where her daughter and many others like her could hear. So welcome, Elizabeth. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well, thank you, and thank you for having me as your guest. I feel very special.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. Well, you know, you have a, a long and honored history in residential care and the mental health community, um, but sort of tell us a little bit about your background, maybe how you came to find Cooper Reese. For those who may not know where you came from and what you're doing, kind of take us up to today and how you founded Mother Bear.
1: Well, I have absolutely no background in mental health, and it was the last place I ever thought I would end up uh, ever since I was a very young child. All I wanted to do was study fashion. and um, I was lucky enough to come to the States at the age of 22 as a uh, student. I was just going to come for a year and then go back to school, but I realized that the education here was a lot easier to access, and I was lucky enough to um, attend both the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York and Parsons School of Design and ended up working at both. But... um, Life kind of threw me a curveball when my youngest daughter who was at the age of eighteen instead of going to college um faced a serious mental health challenge and i don't I didn't have a clue what was going on and you know mental health challenges didn't happen to nice families it happened only to other families at least that's what i thought
0: right right and um we and I think spent... a lot of people feel that way too. It's like, how can this possibly happen to me?
1: Yeah, exactly. We were, you know, a middle class family living in suburban New York and <laughs> you know, these are the things you see in movies or you saw in what i you know, in other communities certainly I didn't think it was gonna to happen to in mine or to my family. Yeah. It just totally it it was a total curveball for myself and my family and and I now over the years I've seen that uh, that's the way most people feel when it happens in their family. And also because there's the stigma involved. I remember I couldn't even talk about it for a long time. The shame. Uh, I, You know, and having been told over and over and over that I was the cause of it, and I think that may still happen. And, you know, I know that that is not true, and, and I want to get out to other families you are not the cause of it, where none of us really know what the cause is. But going back to my own daughter, I kind of, we spent about 10 years in what I call mismanaged care, often well-meaning but misguided mental health professionals, and there was always the separation of the my daughter and myself, you know, they, they, nobody would talk to us, nobody would communicate to us, and yet, at the end of the day, when treatment didn't work out, I remember a medical the medical director of a hospital said, "Well, we don't have a choice but to release your daughter back to you because she's simply too difficult."
0: Wow! And I wow. Said, so, so you went from this sort of idyllic life. It sounds like you set up, you're living in New York, sort of this sort of you know nice family, things are going well, and then your daughter gets diagnosed. And it sounds like, I mean, you spent 10 years in the mental health system, so I'm guessing you saw individual therapists, psychiatrists, group therapy. I'm imagining that you probably did everything that a parent was to do. Hospitals,
1: group home, you name it, Home homelessness.
0: Wow. I, I wow. See,
1: I see, I've seen it all.
0: And I can only imagine what that must be like when the doctor says to you, here's your daughter back, there's nothing left that we can do for her. How does that feel as a mother? I mean, what, I'm sure so many people go through
1: it. Devastating, yeah. absolutely devastating, frustrating, helpless—you name it. It's you know, I I could rattle off I don't know how many negative words that it feels like, and you just and and you feel very diminished yourself as a human being and as a as a mother because I was the I was the failure. Yeah. But, when the system fails, you're a family member,
0: that's yeah, yeah, you know, and i and I think you, you know you hit it that a lot of mental health professionals in the environment that which you're speaking, you know don't know what to do, and how could a parent not feel badly unless that they had the proper support during the process? I mean, I get that in my office all the time where families come to me, like we don't know what to do, we feel like we're making the problem worse. When all they need is a little guidance, and they want a little guidance, so it sounds like you finally got to that breaking point where you're like, "I need to take control yes <laughs>
1: yeah and 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 this this was not this doctor, and I want to see how the mental health professionals are not bad people but i but I think their their hands are often tied behind their backs with um, solutions. And uh, so I went home. This was like after 10 years, and I went home, and I told my husband, I said, I can't take this anymore. And I said, let's create a community where people can truly heal, where the first order of business is yes and not no. It's about what are your dreams versus what are your diagnosis, And just... Um, he looked at me and he said, I think you lost your mind. And I said, well, I've been accused of that before, but this time I actually know what I'm doing. And after a while, he he decided to join me in this approach. And I said, it's simply going to be, it's going to start with a place that if we needed it, we would want to be there. So what is it going to look like? Well, first of all, it's going to be... Exercise and diet is gonna, and a good diet and real food is gonna be part of it. It's gonna look, it's gonna look great, and it's gonna be based on people giving people purpose, giving people dignity, giving people respect, and in the process empower them. And there's gonna be family education because it involves everyone, not just the person who is struggling. And if we do that then we serve everyone and we actually bring we bring um we bring yeah, transformation I mean, in a
0: process. You know, and I and I like that phrase family education because I mm-hmm. think as a mental health professional myself, the family involvement is so important and where maybe you felt from the mental health community prior to opening Cooper Reefs that you were unsupported, it's tr- teaching that family and supporting that family how to help their loved one really makes treatment successful and that's kind of what you did at Cooper Reese, correct?
1: Yeah, that that's exact that's exactly what we did. But it um but to start a facility from scratch you you learn a lot and uh, we also knew from day one that we wanted to be a non profit. So we set about raising money and it's not an easy thing to raise money for a start up and for mental health, which is not warm and fussy. But over oh, a three-year period, we managed to raise $10 million from a lot of good people. You know, this, this is, Cooper this is totally based on philanthropy, and my husband did most of that work. I do the building part,
0: Yeah.
1: and I spent it. He he raised it, and I spent it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know, and, yeah. and, I, and I've been to the facility. It is a beautiful facility located uh, near yeah. Asheville, North Carolina. You've got the farm, and you've now got the city program um mm-hmm. and and you know so i was looking at your i don't know if i'd call it new venture but your your what you're working on um now which is a mm-hmm. mother bear families for mental health at dot yep. org and when i when i when i read that website what i'm seeing on the website is that you've taken the concept everything you have learned at Cooper Reese over how many years has Cooper Reese been open and running?
1: Cooper Reese will have his 10th anniversary the uh, 11th of june
0: So you've taken your 10 years of experience prior to your daughter and your 10 years of experience at Cooper Reese, and you've developed this family program that you're trying to just provide to anybody who wants to access it. Um, And I think as I read through that, it's really sort of about providing the family with what they need for recovery. Um, So tell me a little bit about that. How can families restore hope, and what do they need for recovery?
1: Well, first of all, families need to know that they they didn't cause it they're not then, and they're good people and they um but they need the tools they need the education to, to so to that effect when we started mother bear was you know is the philosophy is totally based on what we learned at Kuo and what we have learned from families, but we now mother bear is bringing it to thousands if not millions of families of of hope and recovery and support and giving them the tools and to that effect first we started a website which is very interactive and we have a forum on there but we just launched a family education program which is online and we are partnering with an organization out of canada that have been doing it for ten years family outreach and response and we have this family education program now, which is online. It's an an eight-week class. We are running a beta group right now. July 1, we will register for, be wide open. We're still tweaking some of the technical. But it will be available to everyone. And it's interesting, even at the beta group we are running, we have people signed up from seven different countries.
0: So there's a real, So, so families are seeing the value of they need to be involved in treatment,
1: Absolutely, and yeah. because it's for families to take charge of what is, and for family to to advocate for what it is they want for their family member. We also in a process of setting up what we call family dens. Right now, we're just uh, running a beta group in Asheville and Hendersonville, and um, is again it's based on the same online education, except now we meet in groups with families in a home. And and so that that is going on and is very active. We have um, it's really interesting. I've been attending them, and again we are tweaking it as we go along, and we hope to to launch and franchise that to go by early two thousand fourteen to go nationwide. We have people line up from several states already and says when can we when can we start? We just want to get it right, and we want to have a whole kit that we can export. So
0: you we can go on. So you'll have the online, you'll have in some cities they'll have that sort of, you know, you can go to and get support, so this large support network. Um, explain a little bit more. I really, you know, when you were explaining to me prior to our taping, you know, about how what the mother bear concept really means, you know, and how did you come up with that mother bear terminology and what does that metaphor mean?
1: Well, I was, Don and I, my husband was honored, had a, was had a, um, the land topic uh, luncheon to, to, um, for our efforts. And I had to kind of give my life story in a minute and a half. So I came up with, a, you know, started sharing how my own daughters led to development of cooperatives and then uh, the credentials. Uh, I had to kind of get to a summit. And the summit was that when I was accused one too many times of being, having caused my daughters mental health challenges. The mother bear instinct came up in me because we live in western North Carolina. We have a lot of bears, and that's one place you never go, and that's between the mother bear and the cop because she will protect her cop above everything else. But the mother bear also knows when when it's time to let go. So my nickname sort of became Mother Bear. So when I started one day, I was talking about, you know, I really want to start a family organization to take everything that we have learned at Cooper East and bring it to so many families. And uh so the mother bear was became
0: the name. And what I really and like I came, about the it's it's such a it's such a simple concept, looking at the bear and saying, you know and, and what I like about the mother bear concept is that this doesn't just apply to families that have mental health issues, this applies to no all families. It's the mother bear knowing when to let her child go off to college or the mother bear mm-hmm. letting when to let her child go off to sleep away summer camp or just to go spend the night out. It, it's about giving your child your freedom but also protecting your child at the same time. Um, it's, it's just such a natural yeah. metaphor for mental health and how families should interact.
1: Um, it's, a natural, it's a natural metaphor for parenting in general because we want to protect our cops. We want to give them the tools. We want to give them the education. But if we don't learn to let go, then we then we never cannot empower our family member. And I have seen and I have been the worst enabler. I, I'm guilty. I charged. And I have seen how it can hurt. I have seen it in other families because we become these helicopter moms, and then we enable because we're so terrified that, something will happen to our family member. And yet if someone does not have, whether it's a mental or physical health issue, I think we allow those children to go out and and face their own challenges, challenges and learn in a process. But I was so terrified with my daughter that something could and would happen to her, and it was not until I had learned to let go that she started taking control of her own life and she started getting better and she got stronger. Did she tumble along the way? Yeah, but we all do. Life will hit you in the face every day as long as you are alive. And we we need to learn to develop skills and strengths and coping mechanisms that when it happens, we move on.
0: Right. And I think knowing when to let go. You know, I see a lot of families that let go way too soon because they don't know mm-hmm. what to do or where to turn. And then I see that other side of the spectrum, too, that incredibly matched mother and baby bear, so to speak. Um, and so I w- so it sounds like your program really maybe focuses on helping those families figure out when to let go and when it's appropriate and when to be involved. Any sort of overriding tips or words of wisdom in that area that you could provide for somebody who's just starting to consider this process?
1: No, I think you know when the moment is right. I think that's, you know, goes back to that gut feeling when you know it's right. You know, I, I, one of the things that I was taught along the way is to practice tough love. I don't believe in that. You know, I did not see, I, you know, I saw that from my personal experience ended up being harmful. But I think, you know, it's kind of, it's a gut feeling, you know, you do the best you can, you give the tools and you learn and you, and you see what the reaction is from your family member. And then you just take a deep breath. It's sort of like teaching when, when your kid first start driving, you know, you just got to believe
0: that he or
1: she is going to be okay. There's, I don't think there's anything scarier than the first time you hand the car keys to a teenager.
0: Yes, it's a a white knuckle ride in in many different ways and in many different yeah. aspects of life. Um, so, are there some maybe some overriding themes in your program about family education? You said that you kind of go in modules. Can you maybe speak to some of the themes that families will encounter?
1: Well, for, first of all, one of our beliefs is that recovery is a family affair. It's a family affair, but family recovery is a, a community affair. And if you go along those lines. That it takes a village. It takes a village for recovery. It takes a village to move on. And it, and um, one of the, one of the things in our family education program is that we give we give families the tool. What is recovery? Well, recovery is a lot of things to different people. So we we will focus a whole session and just on recovery. And recovery does happen. It may be bumpy. It's not linear. It's not always pretty. But then again, so neither is life.
0: <laughs> so, and in and those situations is, where it gets bumpy, then you've got the community to lead on. And is that sort of where that mm-hmm. den concept is coming from, trying to maybe yes. create those yeah. communities yeah. within each community? So,
1: Where, where we, we come together to support each other in community. And uh, when I, in the dens what we do is we uh, invite, we have ample time for sharing and socializing, but each time we bring in someone from the outer community to to give us a lesson. Last week we learned about, you know, trauma and how to overcome trauma-induced issues in our lives.
0: Okay, Are you still so, there? Yes, I am. Yeah, okay. I am. No, no, I think that's okay. great. I think that's, you know, so what you're saying is that, you know, it's not just the, the, the community of people, but you're actually going outside and bringing resources into them. It sounds like you're really trying to connect the dots for anybody who wants the help, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and really promoting the family. So, you know, sometimes the families are well-intentioned, but maybe it's the individual that has the mental health issue um, okay. or the drug or alcohol issue that's not being cooperative. I, I know you've encountered that through Cooper Reese as well,
1: mm-hmm. but uh, what yeah. should a
0: family do in that situation? Now now we've got the family wanting the support. We've got the family with community support, but now the now the patient's making life difficult. What should a family do?
1: I have seen so many I have seen so many times that if it's a mother or a sibling it becomes it becomes even more challenging but the tool the tools are basically the same. we have to learn to find each other's strengths we have to, to create healthy boundaries right. and then we have to learn to communicate and it doesn't matter whether it's a son or a daughter or it's a mom or a dad or it's a sibling. The tools, the tools are the same.
0: And it sounds like it's a very positive, strength-based approach. So we're not looking to point fingers, like maybe what happened to you when your daughter was in those other facilities. It's more about finding where everybody what you're strong at and how to build on those strengths. Is is that correct?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. If we could all focus on the positives and not on the negatives, you know, that's where it starts. And it's it's also, don't focus on the diagnosis, but focus on what are the people's dreams, what are the people's strengths, what are, you know, when someone comes to Kupari's, the first thing we ask is, what are your dreams, and how can we help you achieve them? Now, that is strength-based. Even in recovery language, we don't use, Terminology like step down program, we don't use. We don't use uh, case manager. It's so de- it's so derogatory. We have recovery coordinators. You're not people are not cases.
0: Right, we don't right.
1: do step down program. We graduate to to the next level.
0: So it sounds like you're really trying to personalize the mental health experience. I like what you're saying. It's like you know what. Yeah, you know, while a diagnosis may have its time and its place and the process of recovery, it's more about focusing on your goals, understanding your behaviors, and just moving forward into the community. You know, what, what a mm-hmm. great theme to promote. Um, so, you know, as you kind of start to build um, Mother Bear uh, and your communities, let's just sort of project out into the future. You know, let's go down the road two or three years. What would you like to see? Uh, Mother Bear, be.
1: I would love Mother Bear in three years from now to have have at least 100,000 members, and and again we can heal together in the process and learn from each other. I saw it in the family den the other night. We had we had again we were small. We were new. we had about eight or nine people there. But it was just powerful to see how people are reaching out to each other. I've seen when we have family weekends at Cooperies, when we may have 50 or 70 families there, and this may be the first time ever where they've been in a group or people who are facing a mental health challenge in their family. And this may be the first time ever they have been able to speak about it openly and freely, and that alone caught... Here's such a release. It's sort of like the tea kettle that's about to burst. You take the top off, and all the steam releases.
0: And you get all these and families, they... to get, and you get all these families together to support each other. And you know, as we're listening, and maybe it's worth pointing out, you're, you're not uh, specifying what the mental health issue is. It doesn't have to be a group of depression. It doesn't have to be a group of anxiety or bipolar or a drug or alcohol. You're really casting this net of the family as a part of the recovery process for all issues. It seems like you're trying Absolutely. to pull that, all of that together. And I like that because, you know, there are support groups out there, but they're so specific and, mm-hmm. and to some degree maybe exclusionary. And you're saying, you know what, we all need to pull together and help each other out. What a great mission. Well, as we get ready to close the show, any parting words that you'd like to leave with our audience? I hope
1: that you will join us and help mother bear grow because we are based on positive, we are based on the on the recovery. Recovery for the for the family member, for the recovery for the individual. And I have learned that the um, the mental health the, the Office of Mental Health and Research at the University of Kansas they did a research study and that providing families with recovery, education, and support can dramatically enhance quality of life by, improve, by improving family relationship and reducing relapse and rehospitalization rates by as much as 75%. You know, that sets us in a nutshell.
0: That, and, if, and that is an impressive we, statistic, yeah. And, if, we bring,
1: about, if, if we educate and support the families... They become they made they can make the major impact within the um, for their own family member and for themselves
0: and for the community at large more healthy and for the community people. at large and yeah, that if...
1: will reduce the stigma and we could all talk about it openly. If you're bitten by a snake or if you have cancer, we all talk about it. When it's mental health, and I don't like to the word the used the term mental illness and I almost said it but you know I don't see it as an illness I see it more as a bump in the road or I see it as somebody is facing a challenge and all of us face challenges and some of them of can be emotional and and some of us can cope better than others can
0: right excellent. so if people want to find out more tell them where they can go to get information
1: well they can go to org. They can also call our hope line, which is one eight hundred I hope for you it's one I'm sorry, not one eight hundred one eight five five I hope the number four for you, and it translates into one eight five five four four six seven three four eight, and that is our hope line that you can call and we will help you with resources, and most importantly, we, we practice empathic listening.
0: Excellent, and, and, some, and mother and MotherBearCan.org has just tons of great information. Mm-hmm. I've gone all through that website, and I think uh, many of our listeners will find that very, very helpful. Um, mm-hmm. You are listening to the Dr. Russell Hyken Show on Coffee Clatch Radio, and I want to thank our guest today, uh, Elizabeth Reese Cooper from cooper reese and from motherbearcan.org and if you'd like more information about myself or my show you can go to the coffee Clatch website you can find me dr hyken on twitter at dr Heiken, on facebook at russell hyken or on my website teenparentingexpert.com Thank you again, Elizabeth. This has been great and helpful information, and I hope a lot of families look into it. And I look forward to seeing your vision spread 100,000 in three years. I want to hold you to that. I want to see it bigger than that.
1: And then we go for the millions.
0: There you go. I like it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Elizabeth. And um, anyway, this has been the Dr. Russell Heiken Show on Coffee Clatch Special Needs Radio. Everybody have a great day. Thank you.